1: less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 and use code justbreakup50 to get 50% off. That's code justbreakup50 at factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 to get 50% off. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach, with your people, and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for
0: Welcome to Just Break Up, the Patreon edition. My name is Sierra De Mulder,
1: And I'm Sam Blackwell. And this week, we're going to talk about... family Family.
0: yes we are just going to dive into this letter because i'm sure it will give us plenty of juicy pickles to talk about so take it away (laughs) sam blackwell
1: (laughs) absolutely the best kind of pickles the juiciest ones all right so this uh letter comes from rainbow sheep whose pronouns are she her and who is writing from the deep south Hi, Sierra and Sam. Like everyone else, I'm so grateful for the work that you do. You have been such a light in my life, particularly throughout my last four years of college. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I know you've talked about family, parents, in-laws on the show quite a bit recently, but I have a situation question that is quite nuanced, and I would love to hear your thoughts. I am a recent college grad, she, her, who identifies as a lesbian. While I came out to my parents and one uncle, who is bisexual, by the way... During this past year, I am not out to any other members of my family, something I find increasingly more difficult as time goes on. While my dad and his brother are very supportive of me coming out, my mother has a very difficult time with it. She has even said some pretty damaging words to me that I wouldn't even like to repeat, and I have been processing it in therapy." I attribute my mom's attitude toward queerness to her extremely conservative upbringing, which I know is not an excuse, just an explanation. My mom's whole side of the family is deeply right-leaning and upholds their politics with their religious beliefs. For context, I am also a deeply religious person and my Christian faith is central to my identity. However, my religious beliefs motivate me toward progressive politics. While I've always known this about my family and grew up understanding that I generally felt different from my mom's relatives, my cousin's recent engagement has flared up some resentment within me. My cousin, she, her, recently got engaged to a man, he, him, let's call him Chad. Chad is the perfect Southern boy. My family literally swoons over him. He is charming, well mannered, and blends in extremely well with my family. However, the thing that bothers me the most about Chad is that he is is his outspoken, offensive political beliefs. When my cousin started dating Chad, I looked him up on social media and found that he is vocally pro-Trump and pro-gun. I find some of his posts absolutely unacceptable, like one that depicted black politicians as dogs and another that joyfully celebrated when it was announced that an NFL, co- NFL quarterback would not face a trial for the dozens of allegations of sexual misconduct against him. Based on these posts, I would conclude that Chad is, at least culturally, racist and misogynistic. But what absolutely blows my mind is that despite all of this, my family acts as though he is the second coming of Christ. When he and my cousin got engaged, my mother posted a long, gushing paragraph on social media about how she is so excited for this couple and so glad my cousin found the perfect man for her. This especially hurts with the context of my mother not being accepted of my queer identity. When I was talking once to my dad about how I was struggling w- with my relationship with my mom, he told me that my mom is having a difficult time letting go of the future she envisioned for me. He even said that she dreamed I would find a man just like Chad and raise a family with him. The idea of marrying someone like Chad is absolutely repulsive to me. I have been struggling with this a lot recently, especially since I have been going through a breakup. My partner, ex partner, they, them, let's call them Taylor, and I recently broke up because I will be moving to a different state soon for grad school, and they will be staying in the area where we attended college, about a six-hour drive apart. While that distance is not terrible, we both decided that long distance was not the best decision for us while we were both engaging in new chapters of our lives. This breakup was so difficult because we both still love each other deeply. I'm still unsure when I won't feel as though I'm actively in love with Taylor. Taylor was my first self queer relationship, and they were the best partner I could have asked for. Taylor is smart, funny, and gorgeous. We share similar values and interests, but we're different enough to be vastly intrigued by one another. I will always have love in my heart for Taylor, but I do think that this was the right decision for both of us. What rubs salt in the wound is the fact that Taylor and I never even got to meet my family. Realistically, they would have met my parents since I am only out to them. However, I decided it wasn't the best for them to meet since my mom was still vocally unaccepting of my queerness. This was a decision I made with my dad since my family had the opportunity to meet Taylor during my college graduation. He told me that my mom wasn't ready for that. I find it hard to stomach the fact that my mom wasn't ready to meet someone so wonderful like Taylor, but fangirls over Chad anytime that he is brought into the conversation. As I move into adulthood, I've been having conversations with my therapist about the fact that I can determine the conditions of my relationships with my family, and that I can decide how visibly queer I want to be in the world. That being said, I don't feel completely ready to come out to my mom's family and face the rejection that will most definitely follow. I have thought about even waiting for my grandparents to die before I come out. They are quite old and it may happen within five or 10 years, but then that would leave me with the other younger, just as conservative relatives to deal with. I find it increasingly hard to conceal my true self from my family, but I also feel so unsafe revealing myself to them, knowing that they are the kind of people who idealize people like Chad." I know you have talked on the podcast before about how it is totally okay to not have a relationship with your family, but for me, it's more about the grief that comes with realizing my family holds exclusionary beliefs that ultimately exclude me, their own daughter, granddaughter, niece, cousin. So I guess my questions are these. How do I deal with my resentment towards Chad and the rest of my family for having exclusionary, hateful beliefs? How do I attend my cousin's wedding without having a full breakdown? How do I continue into adulthood and navigate these relationships while trying to be my true authentic self? Thank you for taking the time to read this. I am sending so much love to the both of you and Spencer too.
0: Yeah. Uh, Thank you so much for writing, for trusting us with this letter and for subscribing on Patreon. This is a juicy pickle, but like not the delicious kind, you know? no, Mm -mm. It's like, honestly, do you like pickles? Sam? I
1: do. I love pickles. Yeah. I
0: fucking love pickles too. But do you ever get a pickle and you're like, oh my God, this looks so good, but then it's like kind of bland.
1: Yeah. Or mm-hmm. like,
0: I don't know, toxic and harmful and heartbreaking. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have had many yeah. a heartbreaking pickle. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Episode title. <laughs> um that is yeah. I mean, this is just one. I'm sorry. I'll start with that. Like, I'm sorry that you're carrying this in your heart, like I don't know, I maybe because I had a baby and because life is impossibly um, short and I'm thinking about all of those life things, um, I've been thinking a lot about the time we have here and how it's limited. And it's unfortunate that so much of our time is like sort of non-consensually forced to be, to be dealing with these types of heartbreaks, you know, I... Mm-hmm. I it's it's unfortunate that you're carrying this. There are so many other things to carry in the world, and um, it sucks that you have to carry this too. Um, mm-hmm. And I, when I go to bed tonight, I'll be thinking about this, and I'll be I'll be hoping that this gets resolved, whether in your heart or in your family, at some time in the near future so that you can feel more free because isn't that what we all want? Um, Again, I'm starting this letter out or this response out like hella vague and hella hippie, but maybe that's just like where my feelings are this morning. Mm -hmm. It is my daughter's first day at daycare. So I'm feeling especially sentimental and fragile. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Sierra dropped her off and then immediately was like,
0: Oh, it's time to pick her up. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, honestly, all week I was looking forward to it so I could get back to work, working and feeling more like myself. And the second I got home to an empty house, I was like, I'm lost. What am I doing? Motherhood is fucking wild, y'all. Anyway. I can only imagine. <laughs> um, So that's, the those are my opening thoughts. It's just like, it sucks that you have to carry it. If there's a small silver silver lining, and I don't mean to force this lining on you, so take it as you see fit. Uh, this is not a an experience unique to you. This is this is an experience shared across the world. Unfortunately, sort of trying to balance or levy both your authenticity and the the acceptance of that authenticity by those around you that you love um, that's unfortunately a common experience in the queer community and, mm. and communities beyond. So if there's, so you're not alone. Um, and you, as Sam always says, you're not uniquely fucked up by this grief or this heartbreak.
1: For sure. Yeah. I think, I think that uh, piece that you said about how it's about grieving for um, your family and your connections to your family, that's really, and that's really real. Um, and that's a real grief. Like, I know it doesn't feel like it, or it may not feel like yeah. it because it's like, well, nobody died. You know what I mean? But I think that this is a thing that a lot of queer folks experience when they realize that their their family, their family of origin, isn't going to understand them in the way that they, that they want to be understood. Yeah. And that can look like, um, you know really intense like that could look like totally cut off or um, being kicked out of the house it can also look like um just realizing that like your your family's vision of what they wanted for you isn't going to be the vision that you have and right you're not going to be able to reconcile those things um or you may feel like disconnected from your family because they're they don't understand your world and what you're experiencing because they haven't lived it um right and so like sort of talk about like how do I not hold on to resentment about this and I just want to say like I think you are right like in a in a way that I don't want to be sort of uh, nihilistic about it but this grief is really intense um and your mom for whatever reason is treating you really poorly um and and it's hard to not hold on to resentment about those types of things and honestly I don't know not holding on to resentment is even the goal in this moment, right? Like, I think that the goal right now is to figure out how you can sit in this grief and process it in a way that feels like it's healthy and and constructive for you, and not necessarily like, how are you going to maintain or caretake for the relationships from the people who are causing you harm, right? Right. So as you're thinking about what you want to do next or what you're sort of what I see your job as being is not to figure out how you can be nice to everyone and go to this wedding and and keep the peace with everyone. But instead, like, what are you doing to take care of yourself in the situation that you're going through, which is that your family has deeply disappointed you um, and is gonna continue to disappoint you unless something about their political and spiritual beliefs changes significantly. Um, and that that's just really challenging and difficult and um, and hard to to fathom. So uh, I appreciate that you're trying to do this idea of like, how can I sort of maintain these relationships with these folks? And I am less concerned with that than I am about like the how are you taking care of yourself? and moving into your new understanding of the world that your family isn't in this moment going to be the people who you thought they were going to be in sort of taking care of you throughout your life.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I was just sitting here thinking like, it's funny, I felt like an inner resistance while you were talking about like, you know the priority here isn't these relationships and in my mind in my heart really i was like man though it's it's so hard with families you know it's it's so hard to cut those ties those emotional cords the f- sensation the desire the obligation that we feel etc um and then you said the magical thing about like it's it's about what you're doing to take care of yourself so I want to, like, bring that anxiety into this conversation and say, like, yes, it's so real to, like, recreate these family dynamics or, like, you know, redraw the family boundaries, the the obligation that we feel to, like, tend to those relationships. And also, it doesn't have to be that you don't care about what they think. It doesn't have to be that you don't cater to them or, or whatever we're talking about. It's that you have to do that for yourself first. So if you think about, mm-hmm. if you picture it visually, like what are the steps you're taking to take care of yourself first and then tend to these people and their somewhat unreasonable, super harmful beliefs and needs Do you know what i mean so whether that's like mm-hmm. okay so you have to go to this wedding or you gotta go spend some time with your mother in which you know that she's going to deny your identity right mm-hmm. so it's not how do i introduce queerness to a to my family or my mother in a way in which appeals to them it could you know i'm too much of a people pleaser and i think i have too much uh, maybe like I put too much weight on empathy that mm. I wouldn't, you know, like when I came out to my dad, I was constantly thinking, how am I going to deliver him this truth that I'm like wildly happy. And this is my authentic self, whether he knew about it or not in a way that he was going to receive it. Like I was, I was trying to like make it palatable to him, which is yeah. both. <laughs> it's frustrating. Cause I'm sorry. I'm like working this out. As I say, it. that's both like, Um, Helpful and violent against myself. You know what I mean? (laughs) Instead of just like being like, this, bro, this is who I am, you know? Uh, But it also, like, I know it got the message across, you know? Like, I know that my wife and him have a great relationship now, partly due to that anxious labor. Anyway, does that all make sense? Um, Yeah,
1: absolutely. But putting
0: the step in there first about like not denying yourself, taking care of yourself, like how, like going back in time to, to to younger Sierra, how was Sierra taking care of herself in, in, in real tangible ways before she went and made her identity more palatable to her father, I guess.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's like, that's the important piece because when we, have practiced the self-care, self-awareness, self-affirmation to be able to make intentional decisions about how we want to show up with people. That's really different than us minimizing ourselves and our own experiences to make other people like us, right? Because we're trying to somehow convince ourselves that if we can make ourselves palatable enough, we'll get the love From the people who are not gonna love us for our full our full selves, regardless of how how palatable we make ourselves. Yes. Right, which is super different than saying, like, okay, well, how can I talk to this person in a way that they're gonna understand and not get super defensive about? Like, great, that's a good thing to be thinking and having conversations about. But if you're not doing that intentionally with the full knowledge of like, I and I still have nothing to hide, I'm trying to meet this person where they're at. I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to make myself any more palatable. Yes. Yes. It's like really different. And so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: my, my fear for you rainbow sheep is just that, um, I don't want you to be making yourself palatable to these people. I do want you to be thinking about like, which of these relationships do you want to maintain and how are you going to maintain them for yourself? But I don't want you to feel like you have to diminish or, or change any part of yourself to be loved by your mom or your mom's family. Um, even though that's what your mom is telling you right now in this moment, right? Your mom is telling you like she would prefer it if you would just meet a Chad instead of being who you are. Um, which is just again such a such a really difficult and challenging thing to hear from a parent um who's yeah. supposed to love you for who you are and not yeah. just because you somehow fit an understanding right. of like what what they want your or their life to be.
0: Right, exactly. I was thinking too, um, in, in terms of like the future way that you talk to yourself, I loved your sentence about a world in which you get to decide about how visibly queer you are. Like, isn't that so beautiful to think about, like, not just, not just being out and proud, but in terms of like, you get to decide how you navigate, you get to decide what parts you, you consensually disclose to people or not, um, And I wanted to just say the affirmation of your queerness is not lessened by it being hidden by you because of these circumstances. It's Mm -hmm. painful. It's We know that it's harmful and tiring and unfair and unjustified. And also, like, I don't want you to feel like a bad queer person because you are struggling with this. This mitigation, this negotiation of identity and family. Um, so, your queerness is not lessened by this. And also, your queerness is not justified by your family's acceptance and love of it, meaning mm-hmm. you can be whatever you want, whoever you want. Um, and you can, you know, whoever can know or not know about that. And it doesn't make you more or less yourself. It doesn't sound like you're struggling with that, but I just wanted to put that out there that like, I feel like, you know, it's so funny. People come out as queer and sometimes they're like, they struggle with that identity. And then there's like a double struggling of like, am I doing it right? You know, like, am I queer enough (laughs) is a refrain that we hear a lot. Um, And so I just want to say like, however you are becoming yourself and being yourself is the right way. And there's no um le- delegitimizing thing that you're doing and also it cannot be more justified by the acceptance of people out there it is justified within yourself.
1: Mhm. Yeah, that's that's super real. Um and so as you're thinking about how to maintain relationships with these family members um including like whether or not you're going to go to Chad's wedding um I just want to remind you that That, you know, you talk about it, your letter that, um, you know, we've talked to before about how like you don't have to be friends with your family and like that is okay. Um, And I want to remind you of that truth in this, right? You don't have to go to your cousin's wedding if you don't want to. Um, But if you do want to, um, who are the people? right? That's, that's what I always think of, of like, who are the people that you're going to hang out with and who are going to, who you know are going to be nice to you and who is, who are going to make a good time with you or roll their eyes at the things that Chad says, or, um, give you that look when your mom says something that's like homophobic and to like, let you know that, that they see you in that. Um, like, do you have those people? Can you bring those people with you? Who are those people? Um, because those are the, those are the people that help, get me through those types of situations (laughs) Oh, like, uh, I got, but I've got my two, I've got my cousin over here who I can like look at and give a face to when we need to. Um, And that's, that's really my recommendation. If you're, if you are thinking about going to Chad's wedding around, like how can you make it as fun as possible with the folks that you know that you can have fun with?
0: Yeah. And I also like, we were daydreaming or brainstorming before this we press record about like is it possible to go to this wedding and like feel happiness for your cousin genuine happiness and also keep yourself like emotionally safe you know like is that possible mm. and i don't know to be honest like one i'm not the letter writer i'm not in their family and i'm not in their body but and i but i also don't know because As humans, we're just so emotionally complex and, you know, one string, one line of thought is tied to another, right? And to see this wedding and this joy and this happiness, I don't know if it's too tangled to detangle right now, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, are you able to see this happiness and not feel hurt and resentment over the fact that your mother may not react the same way to this happiness, you know? And also like, maybe that's just like a mental exercise to think of. Like, can you feel almost like a tearful and stupid thing? Like if we haven't, Mm -hmm. um, if we haven't gone over that in a minute, do you want to remind folks what that is and who it's from?
1: Yes. I stole it from some (laughs) therapist who had had a podcast. This therapist Uh has now Uh passed, um, but yeah, it's this idea of cheerful and stupid, which is that when you're going into a situation with people who are not in the arena with you, to borrow a phrase from from, uh, Brene, Brown. Brene Brown, is to just be cheerful and stupid. So be happy and don't read into the subtext of what people are saying yeah. to you, right? Like you are just a, you're just a, a mirror that just like, it's so smooth. It just like skates off of you. Mm, yeah. Um, And so, when people say things to you that are snotty or that are weird, you just take them exactly at their word and you don't allow, you don't read into it, right? So, you're just cheerful. You're so excited to be there and you're stupid. Oh, are you passive aggressively making fun of me? I'm going to pretend like I'm not hearing and then just take the compliment. Thank you, right? Don't give into the sort of, weirdness that happens when we're around people who are treating us really poorly. And this isn't like a hey, spend your whole life doing this. This is yeah. like a hey, we've got to go to a wedding where I know I'm going to run into my cousin who I hate. How do I handle it? Yeah, Just cheerful and stupid, right? Yeah. Decompress beforehand, decompress after ha- afterward, but remember that like you don't owe authenticity. They can't authenticity touch you. That's what that's yeah. what it makes
0: me think of. Yeah.
1: You don't owe authenticity or vulnerability to people who are are not accepting of it or are not going to be in that arena with you showing their vulnerability or accept or authenticity either. So, um, you don't have to be in the arena with everyone. You can choose the people to do that with. Um, yeah. And it's okay to just be cheerful and stupid. Just put on that, just put on that very shiny armor and be like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. to see you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the cheerful and stru- stupid thing at the wedding like can you can you move through that space and not let any of it touch you? And I don't know like I think I think you can, but also like we're talking about like a deeply painful wound that's getting poked and prodded by the image of Chad, you know um, <laughs> right. yeah, and one more thing I wanted to like kind of unpack with Sam in real time is like, how do you How do you hold space for the hope that people will surprise us or be as emotionally complex and capable of change and compassion as we hope them to be? Like, How do you hold space for that and also move through a world and a universe and a family that will potentially routinely reject you? Um, For sure. and why I'm saying that is because like, I, well, also just, just clarifying, I'm speaking from my own experience, which is wildly different than this. Um, and I don't, again, I don't know this family, so I don't know how fucking entrenched in their problematic and harmful beliefs they are. Um, in my experience that it is a totally different and be just uniquely mine, I was like, very surprised by one person, one family member's um, response to me coming out. This is a religious family member and a family member who has historically been very, like, cold and judgmental and, like, would be the one at the family reunion to, like, say something really catty and hurtful and, like, uh, is is a gossip. You know, like, um, I definitely was not ready I was ready for them to uh, have a problem with this. And they were, they weren't perfect, but they surprised me with their complexity. That's what I want to say, is that yeah. they surprised me with their complexity, that they could be both, um, they could hold these, these problematic views and also be very loving to me at the same mm-hmm. time. Does that make them a safe person to me? That's only for me to decide because I'm in my body and I'm in that relationship. So to the letter writer, like, remember, like, you know, these people, you know what they are capable of and their boundaries and stuff like that. But I'm just also wondering, like, well, no, I I don't know. Is it even worth it to, like, ponder if these people are capable of complexities or is that wasted energy that could be put towards the self and like accepting and loving and caretaking for yourself, is it wasteful to like hope that they would be, you know, 5% different than what you know them to be? I don't know. Yeah. I think kind of all over the place.
1: I think just like building off of that, like a couple of recommendations or things to think about is that these people are complex, right? Because yeah. we, as people, are all always complex. Um, we all come into every experience with a rich, rich history of experiences, identities, ideas, all of us, even the folks that we may be distilling down to their most, like, vapid or politically polarized idea. Yeah. Right? So they are complex. They Chad is complex. You may It may not seem Blech. that way because of the fact <laughs> yeah. that he holds those repugnant <sighs> political ideas, and he's complex. Like, he is. He And he is capable of thinking about things in different ways, right? That is absolutely true. And I also want to create space for the fact that Chad and your mom are not sort of the, the platonic ideals of the people in your family, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Right? Like... Each of them is unique. Each of them has their own experiences, their own views, their own identities that are leading them to particular places. And so, yes, your mom is responding really poorly to you. Yes, Chad has repugnant political views. Yes, probably a lot of your family has political views that are deeply problematic. And. They are all experiencing the world differently and in different bodies with different sets of identities and experiences. Yeah. So so assuming that they're all exactly like your mom, or even assuming that they're all exactly yes. like this idea of Chad that you have in your head isn't fair to them, right? And I mean that in like a way, like I don't I don't know that you owe anyone fairness in this moment, right? Like yes, I do so I'm a, not trying to like, to like the, preach this to you. Yes. No, but I'm you're thinking doing good, about Sam. like future self, right. As you're in a place where you're, where you're trying maybe to figure out how to be in relationship with these folks. Um, that's just something to remember, right. That they're not, they're not the sum of your mom's bad political and religious beliefs, right? Like they are not all that. Um, and that there's capacity for you to investigate, get curious with folks and then decide on an individual basis, which of those people can be in your life and which of those people can't be right and
0: that's perfect. some people yeah. may
1: surprise you right maybe there's yes. a cousin out there who's and like and maybe
0: they won't I'm yes gay too right
1: <laughs> or like the gay p- whisperer. gay yeah absolutely <sighs> hey. um, and like cool then you know something different but the only way you're going to know that is if you get curious but again, yes, I don't know that it's, that
0: people deserve. Yeah, curiosity like is curiosity, curiosity safe? Yes, exactly, <laughs> right. exactly. And of course, I hope our patrons here all. Like, that was beautifully said, Sam. Thank you for taking my like mental ramblings and making it <laughs> cohesive. Um, uh-huh. And also, like I trust our listener. Again, we trust you, and you should trust yourself to be able to navigate and feel the ebb and flow of like is this curiosity safe? Is my compassion worth it? Are they in the vulnerability arena with me? Are they, Mm -hmm. you know, are they, how about this? Are they treating me with the bare minimum respect that I deserve as a human? You know, that's like the, that's like the baseline starting line. And, and just again, to our letter writer, like, we know this is hard, but this is the, this is a, this is the type of emotional labor that like ages you, you know, um, especially <laughs> with family members, you know, so we're Pretty thinking sure. about you and, and we know that this is like, as we've said, it's a complex, like ongoing thing. You have every right, as you've heard us say before, to not go to that wedding, to cut off ties from these relationships that are unsafe or don't see you as a whole human, right. Who don't meet you in that arena. Um and we know that's hard. Mm. We know that's mm-hmm. hard. And also like, sorry about that breakup, but also like bonus points for coming to the breakup in what sounds like an amicable and mature way. So like for sure. A plus from Absolutely. the just breakup test.
1: Absolutely. Um, and just, just as a reminder for you, you are coming out to your parents. You are moving to a different city. You oh are God, yes. starting grad Excellent school. Point. You are dealing with a breakup. You are watching your cousin get married to a man who you don't like. Like these, <laughs> yeah. all, like those are just five of the things that you wrote about oh my in God, your yes, letter. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> right? So, like, yes. So you're going through it, right? Like, you've got a yeah. lot on your plate in this moment. So don't feel like you need to add to it something about how you need to be better or more enlightened or whatever it is that you're telling yourself you need to be doing in this moment, right? Like, There's enough here for you to be concentrating and thinking about and working on without needing to sort of beat yourself up about any other particular element of this letter. So just a reminder of like, it's a lot. It's a lot that you're going through. So, of course, you're struggling. Of course, you're feeling all of these different feelings. Like, who wouldn't in that situation, right? It's challenging. Absolutely. So Just remember that and hold on to that. And and remember that Sam told you, like, that's a lot. You got a lot going on. That's a lot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then Sierra like mispronounced something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but was like, we love you. <laughs> um yes. Uh but on that note, we love you and we hope that you feel a little bit a lighter after hearing this. We know this is a heavy load. Thank you so Absolutely. much for writing and for supporting us on Patreon.
1: Absolutely. We love you.
0: All right, pals. Um, remember uh that the end of this month on Sunday. July 31st at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern. We are doing our second Patreon live. We're doing it on Zoom. So if you want to hang out with us March 2020 style, ask us questions either in video or chat. Um, You can be as anonymous as you want. You don't have to. It's not going to be like forced participation. Um, But you can hang out with us on Zoom um, on July 31st. If you subscribe at the $10 level for even just one month, you'd get access or you could choose to support us monthly, annually at whatever level you can. As always, thank you so much for supporting us. This makes everything possible and we love you so much. And remember, other people don't get to decide or legitimize who you are, what your authentic self is, and don't worry about appeasing them as you are working through that. Just make sure that you are taking care of yourself first before you show up for another. And if all else fails,
1: just break up.